Good evening, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy Nightmare K Hall back at it again with another podcast. Yes, it is Monday morning, May 15, 2023, ladies and gentlemen. We're halfway home through May, folks, and only 13 more days until, well, yeah, yeah, 13 more days until uh, I fucking do overtime at my job, but can't wait for that holiday pay and overtime pay. That's going to be freaking awesome. But anyway, folks. It's the independent news section. We got a lot of stories to get into, folks. So we're going to kick it off in the UK. So the United Kingdom. That's right, folks. The pandemic. Here's the title of the article. The pandemic may be over, but UK mobile networks are still monitoring population movement. Funded by taxpayers until 2025. Well, well, well. The pandemic may be over, folks, but you're still being monitored, availed, and watched. According to the UK, so the United Kingdom Health Security Agency, UKHSA, recently signed contracts with mobile network operators O2 and BT Group, which owns EE, to track the movements of people. Such data was extensively used during the peak of the COVID-19 pandemic. The deal with BT will run up until April 2025, while the deal with O2 will end after one year. The location data from BT will be used to provide the UKHSA with data on journeys made by rail and road and footfall in suburban and urban areas. The data will be aggregated. The data will supposedly be used for modeling of the spread of illness and help prepare for future public health emergency and biologic and weather Incidents, the agency hopes the data will provide insight into behavior changes post-pandemic, helping us understand the potential impact of wider health threats and establish a post-pandemic baseline of behavior. Analysis of the national vaccine programs requires a good understanding of the mixing between age groups to capture potential indirect effects. The BT contract stated, currently these models use pre-pandemic mixing data will need to be recalibrated. Cabulated to post-pandemic mixing to ensure that they are able to account for the changes to the epidemiology of pathogens going forward. Uh, mobile data will aid UKHSA in understanding how mixing has changed during the pandemic and at what point this settles into a more regular pattern in the future. So... There you go, folks. Uh, We got the pandemic may be over, but the UK mobile networks are still monitoring population movement. So, folks, how do I feel about this personally? How do I really, truly feel about this? Honestly, folks, this doesn't surprise me. And it wouldn't even surprise me if they're doing this all over the world, not only just in the United Kingdom, but they're doing it in places like Brazil, Argentina, the United States, Canada. Wouldn't shock me at all, personally. Um... And we're heading towards the technocracy, folks. And this is the point. We are heading towards the technocracy. Things that are going on in New York City. Um, the robot dogs have been released. They're going to be patrolling the streets in New York City. 15-minute city, smart city will be being built in New York City as well. As you folks know that. Um, it's coming. New York City is going cashless. A lot of 15-minute cities are becoming the norm in the United States. Buffalo, New York, I think. Seattle is going to become a 15-minute city. Cleveland as well. So there are a bunch of 15-minute cities on the agenda, folks. But this doesn't shock me at all. This is completely 
completely an invasion of privacy. And most people in the UK are probably oblivious to this going on. But make sure to share the content, folks. We've got many more stories to get into. So Brazil, that's right, folks. Brazilian justice will punish tech companies that criticize the government's censorship law. An authoritarian attack on speech. So yeah, that's right, folks. If you thought it was here bad in the United States, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's bad in Brazil already. So Brazil, Supreme Court, Justice Alexander Del Morales, also the president of the country's uh, Supreme Electoral Court, told tech platforms not to campaign against a proposed internet citizenship bill. If they do, he'll punish them. Morales said that the tech companies were undermining Brazil's democracy. The Yeah, undermining Brazil's democracy. My ass. The big tech platforms have been challenged and they will be penalized. They will be held accountable to guarantee the voters freedom to vote. Morales said, speaking to judges and government employees studying electoral law, he added that big tech platforms believe no jurisdiction in the world can oversee them. The proposed fake news law aims to put responsibility of finding and reporting illegal content on internet platforms. Now compliance with the extreme measures will result in fines. Tech platforms have obviously campaigned against the legislation claiming it will, be, it will lead to more censorship. On Tuesday, Telegram Brazil posted to Telegram app and said that democracy is under attack in Brazil, claiming that the bill will kill the modern internet and put an end to freedom of expression. Morales quickly went further and directly threatened messaging service Telegram with a national-wide ban unless it removed the post on its platform. Telegram retracted the message and posted a state order message. And if folks, you'll be able to read the state order message here. And it's completely garbage. So what does the state order message state? It says, we received an order from the Supreme Federal Court, STF for Brazil, that obliges Telegram to remove our message above on PL and send a new message to user which includes below. By determining of the Supreme Federal Court, the company Telegram communicates the previous message from the Telegram feature flagrant and illegal disinformation offense to the National Congress, the uh, traditional to the rule of the law and democracy of Brazil because of Fraudulently distorted the discussion and debate about regulation of network providers, social and messaging services, uh, private PL 2630 in an attempt to induce and instigate users to, to uh, dismiss the parliament. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the message down there. You'll actually be able to see it on this article. So, what do I think about this? This is completed an attack on freedom of speech. It's absolutely ridiculous. The Brazilians should be protesting this because that is an attack on free speech, folks. Like, who are you to determine what is misinformation? Because people are talking on a private messaging app called Telegram about things that they may not like or may not agree with. This is completely ridiculous. This is completely an attack. And too bad the mainstream media is not giving full coverage on this, folks. But this is what's happening in Brazil right now. And I can see this. I know it's happening in Canada. We all know they passed the censorship bill. I already reported on that. But folks, this is going to happen in the United States as well. It's already happening. You're seeing content being banned on freaking Twitter. 
We have the new CEO of Twitter, which is a wet puppet, which I'm going to get into right now. So, speaking of Twitter, let's jump over here to Twitter. So, the new Twitter CEO, Linda Yocrino, is a WEF executive chair that suggests Elon limit his tweets. So, Yocrino said advisors need to feel there's an opportunity for them to influence what you're building. Oh, God. This freaking woman. So, Twitter new CEO, Linda Yocrino, a World Economic Forum Executive Chair and NBC Universal Advertising Executive recently tried to get Twitter owner Elon Musk to commit to self-censorship and urged, and urged him to allow advertisers to feel they can influence Twitter. During an April 20, 2023 interview with Musk, Yocrino told Musk that advertisers need to feel there's an opportunity for them to influence what you are building. Oh, God. And there's a video attached to this article as well, folks. And definitely you guys can check it out, you women out there in LGBT as well. Make sure to share the content. So let's continue with this article. So she then proceeded to pressure him to self-censor by not tweeting after 3 a.m. Must agree to try to tweet less after 3 a.m., but partially pushed back against the attempt to influence his speech. If I were to say, yes, you can influence me, that would be wrong. Must said that would be very wrong because that would be a dismiss. A dismissment of freedom of speech. Yukrina disagreed, claiming that influence is more of an open feedback loop for advertisers to help develop Twitter into a place where they can feel where they will be excited about investing in an area as product development, ad safety, and content moderation. However, must continue to push back. It's totally cool to say that you want to have your advertising appear in certain places in Twitter and not in other places, but it's not cool to try to say that what Twitter will do if that means losing advertisement dollars. We lose it. But freedom of speech is paramount. Despite Musk making it clear that he felt it was wrong for advertisers to try to influence trade, Yukrina kept trying to press the point. She asked Musk to recommit to reinstating an influence council that allowed advertisers to have recurring access to Twitter leadership. I would be weary of that creating a backlash among the public, Musk for. Prior to being Tapped as the upcoming Twitter CEO, Yukrina was the chairman of Global Advertising Partnership at NBC's Universal. She was previously served as NBC Universal's chairman of Advertising Client Partnership and president of cable entertainment and digital advertising sales during her almost 12 years tenure with the company. She also has several ties to World Economic Forum, a global group that consistently advocates for the censorship of misinformation and supports mass data collection. In her LinkedIn profile, Yukrina notes that she has been a WEF executive chair since January 2019. Currently, she's the chairman of the WEF's Task Force on Future of Work. Yeah, I know. I've seen this woman talk. She also sits on the WEF's Media, Entertainment, and Culture Industrial Governance Steering Committee. Additionally, she is highly engaged with the WEF's Values and Media Initiative. Yukrina has spoken at the World Economic Forum annual meeting about shaping the future of media, entertainment, and culture. Oh, Jesus Christ. So yeah, folks, there's your new CEO of Twitter. And yes, I did see a lot of you tweet out, rest in peace, Twitter, after Elon Musk stepped down. I 100% agree uh, that Twitter's in deep, deep trouble with this woman being ahead of it and the new CEO. It is absolute asinine. This woman is in charge of Twitter. Oh, God. Well, Welcome back to the shadow bans. Welcome back to the censorship, being banned, blocked, and censored, or being logged out of Twitter for no damn reason. 
So get ready for that, folks. I know Elon Musk said he's going to keep an eye on her, but I highly doubt that, to be honest. Um, we all know Elon Musk is a weft puppet as well. But anyway, folks, let me know what y'all think in the description below. Let's have a discussion about this. Do you think the new CEO of Twitter is going to be a fair freedom of speech advocate or will weftides really show her true intentions and Twitter is pretty much dead on arrival? Well, anyway, let's have a discussion. So E-Verify, digital ID calls for non-photographic technology to prove ID creates a kill switch for employment, LGBT critics say. So E-Verify is introduced widely as part of a newly passed immigration bill and its rollout will impact citizens, not just illegal immigrants. You damn right it will freaking harm us as well. Opponents of the new immigration bill just passed by the U.S. House of Representatives say that it is a harmful piece of legislation that represents a Trojan horse to eventually enable the E-Verify ID system to take strong root. Rather than focus to criminalize the hiring of illegal immigrants, the E-Verify system meanwhile lets employers confirm the eligibility of employees to work in the United States through a digital ID system. Introduced in the House this month, the Secure... The Border Act of 2020 is there to address issues such as immigration border security and contains limits to asylum eligibility. These limits apply to non-U.S. nationalists who are considered aliens under federal law and the difference in returning these people to where they came from, rather, whether that's their own country or another, is, is that previously. The U.S. authorities could only do this if they had a prior agreement with the last previous country in the chain. Right now, this should be automatic. The bill states with people ineligible for asylum simply sent back to either their own country or that where they enjoyed their last lawful residency. The bill is the work of Republicans who overwhelmingly support it as another way to secure the U.S. border. But critics say the effort here will take away some of the power that the executive branch has over immigration policy and some of of the ways state attorney generals have to bring the federal government to court if the White House, for example, refuses to detain illegals or deny asylum to known criminals. While this might sound like a logical goal legislators want to achieve, those looking deeper into bills say that they have discovered its serious flaws, namely making the E-Verify system mandatory across the U.S., and this is a federal surveillance scheme that is set up to make sure a person is eligible to seek employment in the U.S. Not so fast. Critics say illegal aliens, but also Americans, being forced to meet E-Verifier requirements is actually a danger to a basic American freedom and property rights. The argument of the government in this way being given more ammo to create a social credit score is paramount, solely from the angle of the E-Verifier being given a greater role at present time. The problem with E-Verify, its proponents say, is that it has so far been a matter of choice. In all but nine states, employers could decide to either use it or ignore it. And now the Secure the Border Act might change all that. It makes it mandatory for all employees to use this system, get rid of state rules clashing with it, and in the way, opponents say weaken state authority. These focusing on those focusing on e-verify portions of it all are saying that while now, it would be used against immigrants. Tomorrow, it might become one more tool in introducing a social credit score system in the U.S. as 
Republican Congressman Thomas Malice has put it. And this is what Thomas Malice tweeted out. Republicans are about to make a huge mistake. Biden forced millions of Americans to take vaccines by threatening their jobs and turning employers into enforcement enforcers. Imagine giving Biden ultimate on slash off switch for employment called E-Verify. Might as well call it V-Verify. There's a link made to enforcing federal vaccine mandates as well by the way of making it a condition for employment. Massey political mentor Ron Paul has been a vocal critical of E-Verify for a long time, arguing that it could be used to achieve goals other than bringing some order into immigration chaos in the U.S. This could include those accused of failing to pay their fair share in taxes, those who homeschool or do not vaccinate their children, or those who own firearms, Paul wrote in 2018. But many conservative side Republicans don't see it that way. Not only this recent House bill proposal, but a bill in Florida also seeks to get some employers to use E-Verify e -verify system. On May 10th, the Florida legislature passed Senator Bill 1718 SB1718, which requires private employers with 25 or more employees and public employees to use E-Verify or verify the employment eligibility of new employees starting July 1st, 2023. And Governor Ron DeSantis was happy to sign it. This is unbelievable. This is just chaos. DeSantis said during a bill signing event in Jacksonville, we are supposed to be the world leading superpower, and yet we can't even maintain control of our own southern border. The Mexican drug cartel have more to say about what goes on at the southern border than our own U.S. government does. So, Thomas Massey tweeted another thing. National E-Verify bill contains vulgar references to two pilot programs of non-photographic technology. You must use to prove your identity to DHS store to get a job. What is it? Fingerprints? DNA? Retainer? Why not just say it is in the bill? Is E-Verify actually Patriot Act 2.0? Looks like it is, folks. In a tweet, Congre Congressman Massey said that the National E-Verify bill contains vulgar reference to two pilot programs of non-photographic technology you must use to prove your identity to DHS in order to get a job. Massey questioned it further. Like, are you serious, folks? E-Verify? Folks, we just entered into a digital ID system. A social credit score system. This bill being passed by the House, if it gets past the Senate, it's game over. It's game, set, match. Because you're going to need this in order to get a job, folks. And this is not good for Americans at all. Yeah, I understand people are going to argue, well, it's going to be good for immigrants. No, this is going to be used against Americans too, folks. E-Verify is absolutely horrible. It's horrible. It's a digital ID system, folks. It's a digital ID system. And when you read this story, folks, and you look at this picture, it literally has a driver's license of your digital ID and your electronic signature. It has all your stuff. It's unbelievable. I can't believe freaking people are going along with this. I mean, I didn't even know this was going on until I read this story, but man, we got a stupid-ass government, folks. And I don't trust the government anyway, but they are beyond stupid. They are moronic morons, folks. They are peons. Anyway, moving on.
Robert Kennedy Jr. is the only president candidate to still be banned from Instagram, unable to directly reach the platform's largest audience of 2 billion monthly active users. So, yes, Robert Kennedy Jr., folks, I didn't even know he was banned from uh, Instagram. But let's get into the story. So, Robert Kennedy Jr., Democrat, uh, Democrat candidate for the 2024 United States presidential election, revealed that his account is still banned from Instagram and accused the tech giant of preventing him from accessing the site despite him being a contender for the White House. This makes him the only 2024 U.S. presidential candidate unable to post to the influential social media platform and currently being subject to direct big tech censorship. All right. Hold on. Hold on, folks. My freaking mouse is acting stupid. Former President Donald Trump, who is running for president in 2024 as a Republican candidate, was... Suspended from Instagram on January 6, 2023 and banned on January 7. However, his ban was lifted on January 25, 2023. The other 2024 presidential candidate, Joe Biden, uh, Marina Williamson, Larry Elder, Nikki Haley, Asa Hutchison, Vekka Ramaswani, and Corey Stapleton all have active Instagram. While Kenny was banned from Instagram on February 2021 for violating the platform strict. Speech rules related to the coronavirus and vaccines. The ban came after several Democrat senators and 12 state attorney generals demanded that Kenny and other COVID vaccine skeptics be deplatformed by big tech. Before the ban, Kenny had over 800,000 Instagram followers. Instagram failure to reinstate Kenny since announcing his president campaign means that he won't be able to directly post his message to the social media platform sizably audience of 2 billion monthly active users. Are we surprised by this, folks? Absolutely not. Big tech is going to ban or censor anybody that questions the coronavirus, especially if you're a public figure like Robert Kennedy Jr., Donald Trump, or anybody else, you know, that questions the mainstream narrative. So it's not surprising. They're probably not going to unban him at all. Um, he can use Twitter. He can use a couple other non Platforms, Telegram's another one. Um, he can use Snapchat as well. I don't know if he's banned from Snapchat. Um, there are a lot of decentralized apps out there as well. I just can't think of them at the moment that he can reach people as well. I don't know if he's banned from TikTok. He can use that as well. Post his presidential messages out there as well. But this this is this is a terrible look by Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, by the way, Meta. So that's not surprising at all. They're lying in bed with the CIA, the NSA, the men in black, and everybody, all the other freaking agencies that they're in bed with. So, this doesn't surprise me, folks, but at the end of the day, man, how do y'all feel about this? Do y'all think Robert E. Kennedy Jr. is the being the only president candidate to still be banned from Instagram is a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's terrible. I know some of you will be out there and say, yeah, it's a good thing. Fuck that guy. I'm not voting for him. I'm a Trumper. And all this type of nonsense. But this is all BS. You know, it's supposed to be freedom of speech out here. And you got these weak-ass, sorry-ass centralized platforms that's banning Robert Kennedy Jr., which is absolutely ass night. This is why I will give the privacy advocates and the open source, free open source software advocates their due when it comes to using free and open source software. This is where Robert Kennedy Jr. has to use Bitcoin and Monero as well um, as money. So definitely, because the U.S. dollar is going down, folks, it's definitely going to go down. But Robert Kennedy Jr., man, wish you the best of luck in 2024.
Unfortunately, I don't vote, as you folks know that. Um, the last two elections, I voted for Mother Nature uh, just to be a dickhead. But anyway, good luck, Robert Kennedy Jr. Good luck, Donald Trump. Good luck to the rest of the presidential candidates. And uh, the fourth industrial revolution is not too far away and AI taking over everything. So we all know this. But anyway, moving on. So DHS is looking for help building a biometric database tool on Amazon Cloud, a future biometric identity system. And yes, folks, you all know I work for Amazon, the evil empire. The Department of Homeland Security, DHS, is seeking information on development of a cloud software tool that would help it manage biometric identity systems. Their, pure, their procurement notice Obtained by Reclaiming Net here seeks the information on the requirements of development as well as a management tool that would help its Office of Biometric Identity Management, OBIM, to best perform its biometric work. The need for biometric continues to grow among DHS components. The purpose of this RFI is to gather information on requirements, development, and management tools available that can capture, develop, store, and access requirements. The request for information states showing the growing push for government to obtain more biometric data on citizens despite privacy fears. It's a technical criteria. The tool shall support slash reside on Amazon Web Services without a bridge product. The tool shall be customable for flexible and building reports and slash or adding additional Features the tool shall have traceability to the source code with a collaborative role based sign off approach for requirement, technical support for database transfer within the tool, and number five vendor availability support and quality training, ability to receive timely support, additionally, training material required for end users, including videos, user manuals, or interactive tutorials. According to the RFI, the new tool will be focused towards uh, mitigating and resolving identity issues in the current uses of multiple uncoordinated tools for managing requirements. The DHS also wants a tool that will provide a means to obtain organizational and stakeholder approval of requirements and associate artifacts. So according to this, the official a biometric identity management, OBIM, provides biometric match store, share, and analyze service to DHS and mission partners. The need for biometric continues to grow among DHS components, inter, uh, interagency stakeholders, e.g. the Department of State Justice and Defense, state, local, tribal, and territorial entitlements, the intelligence community, and international mission partners. Biometric support critical National security priorities, including counterterrorism and immigration. OBIM is focused on delivering accurate, timely, and high assertion biometric identity information and analysis. OBIM overall goals and priorities include continuing to improve biometric services and access to expanded biometric data to enable DHS operational missions. The tool should also work with Amazon Cloud Infrastructure to support and reside on the Amazon Web Service without a bridge product and be customizable for flexibility in billing reports and 
slash or adding additional features. So there you go, folks. DHS looking to help build a biometric data tool on the Amazon cloud. So there you go, folks. This is all happening behind the scenes, folks. Again, why everybody's fighting. You know, I know everybody enjoyed Monerotopia in Mexico. And I heard the new episode of uh, Doug and Sneeze podcast, Monerotopia. Sound like everybody had a great time. It's great. A lot of people did come from around the world. And that's fantastic. Beautiful for Monero. I love the adoption that's happening over there as well. Very proud of Doug and Sneer for what they're building and things like that. I'm glad a lot of the privacy advocates were able to see each other, meet each other in person. It's absolutely beautiful. But while that's going on, and that's great, this is being built behind the scenes, folks. Right in front of your eyes. Getting ready to flip that switch, folks, to where we are in a technocracy. And that's what's truly being built, folks. It's a technocracy. And... uh like I said, I told you before and I'll tell you again, AI has already deemed me as a technocrat. Um, according to the question I answered through AI, like what type of my personality am I? And according to AI, artificial intelligence, that's right, folks. I'm a technocrat by definition. My personality is definitely a technocrat. Um, I really, truly believe in technology. Technology can help. I know it can be used for good and evil. But I really, truly think we do need technology, and I think it can advance human civilization. But I do not believe that we need to be monitored and watched and surveilled 24 hours a day. I don't think we need a biometric system. Personally, that's just me. But I'm one of the good technocrats compared to all the evil ones in the world out there. But anyway, let's have a discussion below about the DHS story. Folks, we got two more stories then I'm going to give you my thoughts on everything. Then I'm going to get the hell out of here because I have work later this afternoon. So the pandemic may be over, but the UK mobile networks are still... Oh, wait. I already talked about this story. Let's close that. <clears throat> so we have one more. One more story, actually. Not two. One more. And that is surveillance... Contract monitor vaccine skeptics. That's right, folks. The monitoring still continues. That's right. If you're a vaccine skeptic, yeah, they got surveillance freaking contractors watching your every move. So let's get into this story. So Flashpoint, a surveillance contractor for the FBI, infiltrated chat rooms of airline industry groups that oppose vaccine mandates, according to a report by the investigator journalist Lee Fong. In the past, Flashpoint infiltrated Islamic terrorist group, but it has since focused on vaccine skeptic groups and other domestic political groups. Fang analyzed a webinar presentation by Flashpoint to clients that was held last year. In the presentation, Flashpoint announced Vlad, I can't even say that last name, showed the company methods of identifying and infiltrating Telegram chat groups, describing the presentation Fang wrote, in this case, we're searching for a closed channel of U.S. freedom flyers, said Vlad. It's basically a group that opposes vaccinations and masks. As he clicked through a database, Vlad showed a chat group on Telegram sponsored by airline professionals for justice and another group formed by airline industry workers opposed to the mandates. The form he added provided useful insight, including Zoom links for meetings of the grassroots organization. Private chat said Vlad required for you to have an invite link, which he noted can often 
either be found by scrolling through public forums or by engaging the admin of that channel. Fang described the company as a leader in the threat intelligence industry. On its website, Flashpoint boasted of its success in undermining aviation industry protests, environmental activists, and G20 protests. The web pages were taken down after Fang reporting, but they are still available on the Internet Archive's website, Wayback Machine. By monitoring the situation and assessing tactics, techniques, and procedures, TTPs, Flashpoint was able to access the impact of upcoming protests and determine that these groups will likely continue to protest and attempt to impede airport uh, constructions, uh, construction and expansion projects through direct action. Flashpoint website stated, based on this information, Flashpoint customers were able to take action to help control the impact to business operations and to ensure the safety of their employees and facility as well as the safety of those protesting. So there you go, folks. So you got surveillance contractors, man, monitoring your fucking telegram groups, man, coming in like just normal, regular citizens, taking a look at what you're saying, looking at what you're posting about your vaccine hesitation, your protests and all this stuff, folks. So, hey, man, you never know who's in your uh, telegram groups, folks. So you better be very careful who you let in these groups because the government is watching the fbi is watching you folks and it's very 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 scary out here in these online freaking chat rooms and stuff so you got to be mindful folks you got to be careful there are snakes in the grass man you better be very very careful what you're saying out here i know freedom of speech freedom of speech freedom of expression i believe in all that but folks these articles i'm bringing you man this is no bullshit man this is going on right in front of your eyes man it's very it's very very scary out here man and this is why I always say, this is why I agree with whoever said, there is no such thing as privacy online. There's no such thing as online privacy. That's complete bullshit. I mean, I don't care how much freedom open software you use, folks. There is no online privacy at all. At all. It's absolutely a myth. 100% a myth, folks. Just unbelievable. And there's just other things going on, folks, in the world. You got, despite the IMF rebuke, uh, Zimbabwe sells 14 million gold-backed digital tokens in its first issue. As you know, Zimbabwe's had high inflation for many years, but now they're doing a the gold-backed digital currency. Um, you got things going on as well. You got... Tolerance is overrated. I'm, I'm reading stuff off of blacklistednews.com. It's time to start gatekeeping American society again. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. The ideology some of this shit is, man, is completely, just completely out of bounds, folks. It's it's unbelievable what shit is going on in America. But it's not unexpected. You got Toyota. A car manufacturer admitting that car location data of 2 million customers exposed for the last 10 years. I mean, this is this is absolutely ridiculous, folks. This is unbelievable. You just can't make this shit up in a Hollywood film, folks. You just fucking can't, man. You can't. You just fucking can't, man. I mean, the things they're doing with the Restrict Act, folks. I mean, if you haven't looked up the Restrict Act, please go look it up. 
is absolutely a terrible bill. The things that's going on at the southern border with all these freaking immigrants, illegal immigrants coming into the country illegally. The southern border is overrun, folks. I'm so glad I'm out of Arizona because the southern border is overrun. I mean, I, I've met some illegals when I was living in Arizona, and I get it. They have a hard journey getting over here, folks. But, I mean, if you're going to come over here, come over here legally. I mean, I have nothing against your journey trying to get to America to have a better life. I have nothing against that. But please do it legally. Because if you try, if, if Americans tried to illegally walk over to Canada, they'd have a bullet in their ass. If they tried to illegally migrate into fucking Mexico. I mean, I know Max season talk about getting into Mexico is pretty easy. You can just walk across. Nobody will say anything. And that's probably true. But if you try to do that in Brazil... Or you try to, like, illegal walk over to Argentina, I'm sure you'll probably get a bullet in your ass. You try to illegally migrate into India, you'll probably have a bullet in your ass. Do that in China, bullet in your ass. Do that in Bulgaria, you'll probably have a bullet in your ass. If you try to illegally cross over into Greece, you're probably going to have a bullet in your ass. It's the point of, listen, I get it. There are people on both sides of the spectrum. And I understand that when it comes to illegal people trying to have a better life, trying to cross over illegal immigrants in other countries, especially here in the United States. I get it. I've heard the arguments on the other side. Well, nightmare. They're having a tough time. They're struggling in their country. They want a better life. Who are you to deny them that right? I get it. I understand all that. Yes, there are good people from Mexico, Central America, Latin America that wants to come to the United States to have a better life. I understand all that. I get it. I understand the process is long, tedious, and you may not get in. I get it. But let's reverse that. Let's say the United States gets as bad as Latin America with high inflation and all this and drug and crime and all this stuff and low wages. Let's say Americans start integrating and start walking over to Canada or walking over to Mexico or walking over to Brazil or walking over to goddamn Argentina. Do you honestly believe that the Argentinian government is going to allow hordes of hundreds of thousands of Americans walking into their country illegally? Absolutely not. We'll probably be arrested, thrown in an Argentinian prison, or probably shot half to death, you know, and stuff like that. I'm just saying, man, not everybody understands that every other country around the world that you try to go into their country illegal, you're going to have a bullet in your ass. That's just a fact, folks. I've seen plenty of documentaries. I've talked to people who have illegal immigrated in other countries. It is dangerous, folks. It is absolutely dangerous. You try this in any other country. Canada, fucking China, Ethiopia, fucking Madagascar, Australia, fucking Russia, Ukraine, uh, 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 Syria, any of these countries you try to illegally walk over, become as an illegal immigrant, you try to walk over to that country without your papers, you're either going to prison or you're getting shot at. That's a fact. Period. End of story, folks. Look, again, like I said before, I understand people want to come to the United States because they see a better life. But folks, our country's going to hell. It's going to hell in a handbasket. Like, personally, I get it. High inflation, crime, drugs, prostitution, sex rings, all that stuff. I get it. I get it. I've heard enough from 
people that have come from those countries, those poor impoverished countries, food, government, corruption, get all that. But again, the United States is not a beacon of hope, folks. It's not. Our country's going down in the hell basket. And what the hell are we supposed to do with 600 plus illegal immigrants? Where the hell are we supposed to put these people? What, are you going to put them in Wyoming? Are you going to put them in Idaho? Are you going to put them in North Dakota? Are you going to put them in South Dakota? And why the hell are they getting freaking free money and fucking cell phones? I mean, yes, they need communication. They need some money to get started. But there are Americans out here starving. They don't even have food. And, you, and the fucking government doesn't want to help us? This is bullshit and this is asinine, folks. It's an attack on Americans. It's unbelievable. And I'm not a patriot by any means. But I'm just saying, I'm just speaking facts here. If you are attacking us, you know, and giving these illegal immigrants money and smartphones, I mean, what the hell, man? We're dealing with 9% inflation, 10% inflation. Okay? What the fuck? You know, it's out of control. We can barely feed ourselves. And you want to give these people no disrespect to them. And I get it what they're trying to do. They're trying to better themselves for themselves and their family and their kids. I get it. But damn it, man. You got to be, you got to deal with Americans first. We have to be taken care of first before we can help everybody else. That's my whole argument. It's been the entire time I've been on this earth. Why are we not helping Americans? We have homeless people. We have veterans that are homeless, have no food, no place to stay. And you're going, instead of helping them, you want to help the illegals? I mean, come on, man. And folks, I'm going to leave you with an extra clip tonight. Um, I know a lot of you don't like them. Alex Jones, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you a clip from the southern border of what's going on at night. I saw it uh, this uh, yesterday. Uh, my day off on Sunday, but uh, folks, this is getting out of control at the border, so I'm going to find that video, I'm going to post it in the link below, make sure to check it out, let me know your opinion, folks, and uh, we'll go from there, but folks, that's pretty much the show, man, um, those are all the articles, all the articles will be linked in the description, I will definitely get that freaking link from Alex Jones, that clip of the southern border, it's absolutely ridiculous what's going on, folks, down there in El Paso, in Texas, Arizona, and all, and uh, parts of Southern California as well. So I'm definitely going to get that clip, folks, but that's pretty much it, man. This is your boy Nightmare K-Hawk signing off, folks. I hope everybody has a great week. Um, we're getting towards the end of May, folks. And, oh, w one last thing. Um, in June, I will be getting my car, folks, so won't have to wait till August. Um, June is looks like the year, I, I mean, not the year, the month where I'll be getting my car, so I can't wait for that. Looking forward to that. Going to visit my pops in June as well, which is going to be absolutely amazing to see him again. And uh, I won't have to rely on Ubers, folks, for much longer, so just a couple more weeks of Uber riding, and then I'll be able to drive myself to work, and we'll go from there, folks. And as you folks know out there, uh... Minnesota has its first transgender-like politician, I believe, and uh, they're trying to pass a bill to make uh, pedophilia actually legal, which is absolutely disgusting, and I'll actually put a link to that video as well, but uh, other than that, folks, I hope everybody, again, has a great rest of the week, I hope everybody's weekend was good, uh, shout out to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. The real mothers, not the transgender mothers. No offense to you transgender women out there. 
LGBTs out there, community, I still love you with all my heart, but you got to stop indoctrinating children for those of you that are doing that. That's absolutely asinine. But uh, other than that, folks, that's it. Spoil Nightmare K-Hawk signing off. Make sure to share the content. This will be available on Wednesday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 a.m. Pacific. And I will holler at y'all on Saturday night, Sunday morning for the gaming and crypto news. Peace.